Hi, I'm Sabine, the Purpose Lawyer. If you're new here, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us do well, and you know it helps us continue to spread the good word. And if you are in the need of asset protection, legacy planning, or trademarks, please reach out to our firm. It is the Ambitious Legacy Firm. We're licensed in New York and New Jersey. However, we have service partners all over the country, and we'd love to be able to work with you and your friends. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Sabine, the Purpose Lawyer. Thank you for listening and thank you for helping me be on purpose as usual. Hello, folks. Love that you're here once again. And today I wanted to get into a topic that a lot of people find to be a mystery. It's sort of like a next step and people want to know, like, what exactly does a trustee do? right? Like what are their responsibilities? I had a client inquire this week, well, in a bit of a panic, well, I don't know if my trustee is going to be able to do all of these responsibilities. So what really is the job of a trustee? So I wanted to break that down for you today and give you really like five marching orders that trustees have and what they need to follow. So Just to level set and give you a bit of background, in case this is your first time here, we at the Ambitious Legacy Podcast talk all about life and legacy and leaving a mark. And a lot of those conversations have to do with wills and trust. The person who you put in charge, once you're no longer here, for the most part, is going to be your trustee, or we can call it your successor trustee. So who's going to come in and step in after you and keep the show rolling and keep the ball rolling, I should say, (laughs) keep the show going, right? That is going to be your trustee. So what is the job of this person? One thing that individuals who do have trustees that are family members or loved ones that I get asked a lot is, They're concerned if their trustees will be able to handle this responsibility, right? They're concerned whether their trustees are savvy enough to do the job. And so first and foremost, I want to say that trustees, even if they're your loved ones and they're not particularly savvy when it comes to business or accounting or managing assets, right, which everyday people generally are not, they can hire professionals the same way that you would, right? So the same way you'd hire a lawyer to create your estate plan, the same way you'll hire a financial professional to help you manage your money, the same way you'll hire an insurance person to help you figure out what type of insurance to get and so on and so on. Your trustees can do the same, right? So those instructions are left in the trust to allow your trustees to act in the way that would be in the best interest of the beneficiaries. So Let's just get into for a moment who are beneficiaries. So beneficiaries are the people who are going to benefit from your estate. Those who you say that you want to receive the um, actual assets or the benefit of the assets, like the income that might come from these assets, right? So your children, your spouse, you know, any loved one, um, any family member, charity, organization, those can also be uh, beneficiaries as well. So. Okay, so let's get into it. What can the trustees actually do? Or let's just say, what are the responsibilities of the trustees really, right? So this is not really optional, what I'm about to get into. It's more so their responsibility to do. All right, so first and foremost, like I said, 
I kind of touched on. The trustees have to make sure that they operate the trust in the best interest of the beneficiaries. So this whole show is all about the beneficiaries, right? And the whole point is that you're giving your assets in the control of an individual or sometimes a company. And you're saying, listen, I want to make sure that these instructions are followed so that my beneficiaries ultimately can reap the benefits of these assets, right? So can enjoy this income or enjoy the support that my trust is providing. So the trustee's job, overall job, is to make sure that they're doing what's in the best interest of the beneficiaries. If the trustees are going to make a decision that is not in the best interest of the beneficiaries, it has to be explicitly stated in the trust that this is something that you want, despite the fact that it's not going to benefit the beneficiaries. It might be something like holding onto property that's depreciating, right? Or property that's being reduced in value. You might want that because it might be something that you want left in the family, you know, it might be a property that's historical or meaningful or whatever it is. Could be real estate, could be something physical like an heirloom. So any of those things, you can specifically state it. But otherwise, the trustees have to do what's in the best interest of the beneficiary. So that's the umbrella that we under, right? So number one, a trustee has to review and understand the trust documents, right? So the trustee needs to read the entire trust. If they do not understand it, they should get an attorney, someone to break it down to them so that they understand what the trust is saying and what they're supposed to do, right? They also need to understand their powers that they have within the trust because each trust should tell the trustee what powers they have personal to them. However, if they don't, typically every state has trust laws. So there's a body of law that speaks to how trusts are created, how trusts should be dealt with, what are the job and duties of the trustees, and et cetera, et cetera, everything to do with trust, right? So each state has its own laws. So if the trust is silent as to what the powers of the trustee is, then the trustee can look to that state's laws to know what exactly they can do, right? And so if they don't understand, like I said, get a professional to help them understand it. So that's number one, review and understand the trust document so that they know what to do in the first place. Number two is to be very cautious about self-dealing. So that means not borrowing money from the trust, not dipping into the trust as their own piggy bank or trust accounts, not commingling their funds with the trust funds. They have to be very diligent about keeping everything about their duty as a trustee separate from their own personal lives. So now that means that they can't take loans, even if they plan on paying it back, unless again, the trust specifically says that, right? Not allowed to take loan to him or himself or herself or to their family members or loved ones, like can't backdoor it like, oh, I'm paying this person over here, but it's really coming back to me. So now you might say, well, how would one find out about this if the trustee is actually doing this, right? Because as some of you may know, trusts don't go through the court process generally. And so a lot of times with, with trust, the trustee is acting on their own without any supervision. And so what typically happens is if the beneficiaries, the ones who are benefiting from the trust, finds out that the trustee did something wrong, they can report them and they can bring it into court, right? So that they can basically police what's going on, right? So the trustee cannot have a personal benefit for themselves or the assets that are in the trust. And so sometimes beneficiaries think that being a trustee means that you actually have some sort of financial gain from the trust, 
most times you do not, right? It doesn't give you any particular personal authority over the assets and the trust for yourself, right? It just allows you to manage it for the beneficiaries. Now, sometimes the trustee is also a beneficiary. And if that is the case, they still have to make sure that they're being fair between themselves and all of the other beneficiaries. They can't have special treatment. One other <laughs> piece of information is that sometimes the trust will say that the trustee should be compensated. If there's to be compensated, they should be paid for their involvement and for their job as a trustee. And that fee is going to be determined depending on what the trust says or what the trust laws say of that particular state. Okay. So that was number two, no self-dealing. <laughs> okay. Number three is accounting. So now everyone who acts as a trustee or an executor over somebody's estate needs to make sure that they're keeping track of all of the expenses and where every single dollar is going. And so that may be a really daunting job, especially for individuals, especially if you don't have your own financial affairs in order, which can happen sometimes, right? So if a trustee cannot manage the accounting, then they could certainly hire, like I said, a professional to help them manage the accounting and keeping track of every single dollar that's going in and out of that trust and distribute to the beneficiaries or to pay expenses, whatever it is, it all has to be accounted for. And they have to let the beneficiaries know at least once a year. So this accounting needs to be done and communicated to the beneficiaries at least once a year so that they know what is going on, you know, like where the money is going because it's for their benefit. So they have the opportunity to know and understand what's going on at least once a year, accounting has to be done. So if you're a beneficiary of a trust and you haven't heard anything for years and years, something is very wrong because you're supposed to be informed at least annually. Or say you were a child and you're like, well, I haven't heard anything about my trust benefit. Well, maybe your guardian or the adult who's in charge of your life is the one who has that information. So either way, that information should be communicated to yourself or a guardian to the beneficiary or the beneficiary's guardian, right? So that was number three. Accounting is a most necessary for a trustee to perform. Then number four is tax filings. So in addition to a point to creating this accounting and this paper trail to make sure that keeping track of what's going on, taxes have to be filed on the trust every year. So you may be asking, well, when the trust was created, it was a revocable trust, right? This means that the trust could be changed at any time. But when the person who created it passes away, the trust is going to become irrevocable. No, no matter what, how it started out, it's going to be irrevocable at the time that the person who created it passed away. So if that be the case, the trust is going to now need its own EIN number, its own tax ID number. And at that point, it's going to have to file annual tax returns, right? Because there may be income being produced by these trust assets that need to be reported. And then also whatever is being distributed, et cetera, has to be accounted for. So a tax return needs to happen for, for the trust. And so the trustee needs to be the one to make sure this happens, whether they're doing it themselves, which unless it's a trust company, most likely not, actually have a tax preparer, accountant, CPA, someone who's familiar with trust accounting and trust reporting to do these tax returns. All right, that was number four. So number five is to basically to inform the beneficiaries. Oftentimes when I hear complaints about beneficiaries who are heirs to a trust or 
they're benefiting from a trust. Their complaint is, I don't know what's going on. I don't have information. The trustee is not keeping me informed. I haven't seen the trust documents. That is a big no-no. Trustees, you have to inform the beneficiaries. And beneficiaries, you are entitled to know what is in the trust. You're entitled to know what the trust says, what your benefit is. You're entitled to inspect the trust documents or have somebody inspect the trust documents. You're entitled to have a copy and you're entitled to ask for information at reasonable intervals, right? And you're supposed to receive that information, right? So trustees, whomever you're watching this on behalf of, just make sure that you know that trustees must provide information to the beneficiaries. This is not any family member who wants to know what's going on, right? These are actual people who are beneficiaries of the trust are entitled to know and understand whether they're beneficiaries now or they're beneficiaries at some point in the future they are entitled to know what is going on with the trust and be able to inspect it and get their accounting every year. And the information needs to be complete and accurate. So those are the major responsibilities of trustees. But just know that overall, because everything cannot be covered right, when it comes to trustees' powers, there's so many things that trustees have to do. They have to keep track of bank accounts. They have to do investments. They have to keep track of investments. They have to keep track of you know, how the assets are being distributed over time, um, making sure that taxes and everything are being paid, all the laws and rules are being followed. It's a really big job. And so I usually do encourage clients to make sure that the trustees are being compensated because it's not easy even if you're just managing other professionals who are doing all these various pieces, right? But overall, the trustees are supposed to give what's called a duty of care. So they have to make sure that they're acting in a moral manner to give reasonable care as to managing the funds and making sure that whatever the beneficiary's interest is, is protected they have to follow the trust direction. So when the law says reasonable, they're going to compare this to what people should be doing or what should be expected in the overall, you know, either state or, or market or climate, right? That's what they mean by reasonable. So if it's wrong, if, if it's shady, if it's wrong, if it's fraud, if it's not according to what the trust document says, or if it's going to harm one of the beneficiaries, it's likely that a trustee should not be doing it. Right. So overall, these are the responsibilities of a trustee. I hope this was helpful. It's like a little snapshot into what that sort of whole world is like in being a trustee. And so I hope it brought clarity to you. If you or anyone you know needs guidance on this or wants to talk to someone or wants to work with our firm, the Ambitious Legacy Firm, <laughs> we are here. We work with trust planning, trust administration to help individuals deal with these type of issues, put their plans together, but also deal with these issues that come after the fact. So please feel free to reach out to us. The information is in the show notes. And again, come back next week. Let's get into some other juicy topics for estate and legacy planning. And I will see you next time.